Fasten your seatbelt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Look at him, kid. To infinity and beyond! It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor at all. So you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me, and my natural response could be to get offended. Well, fine, let's talk about it. Any thoughts of, of your own on this matter? Or do you, is that your thing? You come into a bar, you read some obscure passage, and then pretend you, you pawn it off as your own idea just to impress some girls? Just another American who saw too many movies as a child. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. Hello, 30 Podcast fans. It is John Reed, the host of the 30-something movie podcast, along with my intrepid traveling companion, Patrick Canigallo. Pat, how you doing? Hey, hey, everybody. Pat, could we just, like, hop on the back of a horse and just ride across the Irish countryside together? I... <laughs> I think that sounds really, really good. I think that maybe two horses, but you know, okay. hey, like one horse that would work too. Yeah, yeah. I, you're gonna have to steer. Yes. Or how? I don't know that how that sounds, works. I've, I've never ridden a horse, so I don't know how that works. It's you know what? It's in some ways the the, the horse kind of knows what they're doing. Well, it depends if the horse is trained. Okay. But you know, it's when you get on it at a, at a simple level, it's you get the reins, and it's just like, well, this way goes left, this way goes right. Here's how you speed up. Here's how you slow. You know. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. We'll get we'll get separate horses. Yes. Yours can be Tiernanog. And, yeah. and and mine will be Tierna Quark. Okay. There it is. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's so it's so much of the so much of the riding and it was great. It was all bareback and, and which is super exciting. Yeah. And I'm just gonna say just last week I got to ride bareback for the first time ever. And that was like that was a crazy thrill, especially because yeah. I didn't fall off. <laughs> <laughs> that's always a plus uh, but it's yeah so that was that was pretty uh, that cool. was pretty awesome very cool very cool and if anybody is even considering riding a horse find a stable find a barn near you a ranch and go check it out it is it is awesome even if you do it once just to see what it's all about i can't recommend it highly enough yeah yeah, and if you're in the northern suburbs of Chicago, and or even outside of Chicago, and you need a recommendation, I've got a great recommendation for a place. So, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Reach reach out and let us know because Pat knows Pat knows a stable genius. That's that's <laughs> right, man. That's right. Ah, uh, so fun. Yeah, so fun. Well, so I kind of knew, and we'll get into the, all the stuff here in a second. But I kind of knew when this movie was on the list. I had not seen this movie for almost close to 30 years. Like it was probably 20, I don't know, like 27, 28 years since I'd seen this one, but mm -hmm. we watched this one a lot as a kid. Okay. And so I vividly remembered, even though it had been over two decades since seeing it, I vividly remembered a lot of this movie and I'm just, I'm, I'm watching it and I'm going, I did not gauge in my mind just how much Pat is going to love this movie. <laughs> like I, 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 I thought about it and I was like, yeah, it's, it's Irish. Pat's going to love it. Oh yeah, it's got it's got the horses too. It's Irish and it has horses and it's got Calamini. Pat's gonna love this movie. I know. I know. I know. And it was funny because as you were having those thoughts, I think those were the thoughts going because I knew nothing about this. And I, yeah. I really hope you 
kind of talk about how you came across it because in our pre pre pod discussion, I don't remember anything about this movie. Yeah. Like I don't remember it in theaters. I don't remember. I don't know if it got more of a, yeah. you know, a release on the, on the, on television. I, and so I'm sitting there and I knew nothing. And I just like, I threw it in and I'm, I'm okay. I'm checking it out. And it's just like, Oh my gosh, there's some really good horse scenes in it. This is awesome. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, this is set in Ireland. This is, this is beyond cool. <laughs> and watching it, watching it. And then we were getting through it and I'm like, the only thing this movie really needs is Colin Meany. And <laughs> that character right there, I think he'd be, and then all of a sudden he like walks on screen and I'm like, I can't, I can't, and I think I fired off a text to you guys. I'm like, this is incredible. This is, you know, this is fantastic. Anyways. Your, your text, um, your text for this one was like, when I know you've gone to see a new star Wars movie and the millennium Falcon shows up on screen. Right. It was right. kind of like that level of text. It was like, guys, okay. the millennium Falcon. It's like, yeah, yeah. Pat, it's, it's a star Wars movie. It's going to show up. And the number and of like, guys, call him meanie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know. And then, ah, uh, yeah, it was, it was great. It was just, it was really great. And just, just a very unique story. I mean, it was, yeah. it was fun. Uh, off. You know, we, we sometimes get into this and I, again, in our pre-pod discussion, we were talking about how we, there are so many good movies out there right now. Yeah. I mean, you really, you just good entertainment in the realm of television, in the realm of, of movies. I mean, and then there's really a blurring of the lines and so much great stuff going on. But one of the things that people sometimes question is, well, is what's, where's the unique content, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Where's, where's, where's something different? Where's, and then, and then we've got it in this movie, right? Like this movie just like felt like it was like a, a, a different kind of story. And it was very, very enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. When you were, when you were going nuts about (laughs) being in the movie, I, I I knew I had to set this up because I was like, man, Pat's going to, his mind is going to be blown here. He's going to be Calamini's in this movie. That's beautiful. And my response to you would be... Beautiful. Sunsets are beautiful. Newborn babies are beautiful. This, this is spectacular. Yes. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. So good. So good. All right, well, real quick, we spoil the movies we talk about, so if you have not seen this one, we always re- recommend that you go see the movie first and then come on back here. We'll be waiting. We're, we're, here. we're here perpetually. I mean, you could just hit the pause button, and, and Pat and I are timeless. <laughs> Timeless, all right. We'll we'll put it that way. Timeless or in timeout. I don't know which, either one of those. But make sure you visit our website, 30podcast.com. You can leave us a rating, a voicemail. You can join us over on Patreon. Lots of bonus content over there. So if you you have a little bit that you can put towards the show, if you've been enjoying the show and you want to help support the show and and help keep everything running, help us to cover some of the different hosting costs and, and website costs and things like that and just trying to keep up all the equipment that we use for the show and everything else, we really, really appreciate that. So appreciative of all the folks that have been doing that in the past. If you're capable of doing that, we know not everybody is. We would love to join you, have you join us over there. And as a thank you, we put out actually three bonus episodes every month over there right now. Two short ones, one regular length one. So yeah, so check that out at our website, 30podcast.com. And there is, a, I believe, a donate button is on our website. So you can pop over there and check that out. There's other perks as well, depending on where you're at on the Patreon levels to suggest a movie or come on the show with us or, or things like that. So 
Real quick, because this is coming up, we're episode number 482 for this one, so I got to give a quick shout out for our 500th episode that's coming soon, and I have a few things that we're going to be doing for that 500th episode, so some things that you can be doing if you want to be a part of that, and we know there's been a lot of you that have been listening for years and years and years since we started doing this, you know, hearing from folks on Facebook and on Twitter and, you know, folks that, you know, text us back and forth because we we now have kind of a circle of friends going there but yeah just so many different people and if you want to be a part of this 500th episode here's a few things you can do we're looking for some of your favorite memories of listening to our show over the years was there some moment where you had to pull over the car because you were laughing out loud on your morning commute was there a an episode where just something we said brightened your day what are some favorite memories of listening to the show. What is your favorite episode of the show? I mean, we will have had at least 499 plus episodes by the time we get to number 500 because we've got Patreon ones. We've got other stuff in there as well that don't count towards that 500. You know, do you have an episode that is your personal favorite? I'd be curious to know what was your first episode? Like, when did you get started with us? I was listening to another one of our favorite podcasts the other day, and I've, I've gone back and started re-listening to it. And I'm, I'm all the way back through because they're doing Deep Space Nine. And I'm all the way back through, and I'm trying, I'm trying to gauge in my mind, I'm like, when did I start listening? Like, am I, am I getting to the point where I'm almost to the episode where I started listening to them years ago? And unfortunately, I can't remember. I cannot remember what my first episode was, but I feel like I might pick it up once I get there. But if you have a favorite episode or, or the episode you started out with, let us know. Out of all the movies we've covered over the last 30 years of our time frame, which of the movies is your favorite? And why does that movie kind of strike a chord with you? And then finally... Everybody loves a good laugh, so do you have any favorite jokes or kind of running gags that we have throughout the show? I mean, we've we've done several throughout the years, so if you have any in particular, we'd love to have you share those with us. You can send those in via direct message on Twitter, Mastodon, Facebook, Instagram, all those different things. Use the hashtag, hashtag 30pod500, so 30pod500 across any of those social media platforms. That is a hashtag we're using to kind of collect some of those. There is a voicemail button on our website. If you go there, you can leave a voicemail for us and record your memories that way. We'll play it on the show. We still have the old voicemail line at 872-356-6843. I think that comes out to 872-35-MOVIE. If you like that one better, you can do that. Or you can just email them to 30podcast at gmail.com. So we would love to hear from you. We would love to get some of those memories so that we can share them on our 500th episode. We're going to try to do some special things for that one, and we're, we're looking forward to that. So that is my that is my spiel for that, just so... Folks know what's going on and you know how you can contribute to that if you want to. Yeah. And thank you listeners to our Patreons and all that. Thank you all so, so very much. That's, that's just awesome. Yeah. It's just awesome. I mean, it's, it's, it's great when people listen, check it out, comment about the show. It's just very, very humbling and, and you have our thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you all so much. All right. Well, we kind of break each episode up into a couple little segments here. We start with the trivia pursuits, and that's where we tell you a little bit about the movie we're going to talk about. Then we we kind of give you a a quick little synopsis. We have the audio from the trailer for you. Then we get into some of the major moments where we kind of break down the movie into 10-ish major moments to get you through the plot. And then we get into our deep thoughts where we talk a little bit more about how this movie makes us feel and uh, get a little deeper into that. And then we usually end things with our three questions segment that are sometimes related to the movie and sometimes very, very loosely related to the movie. 
So, loosely in the way that Ellen Barkin is Irish. Yes. We'll put it that way. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's she doesn't make a bad Irish Irish woman, but she's not Irish, so. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. That's all right. I'm I'm sure Ireland would welcome her freely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Trivia for this one. This one came out on I'm I'm putting the US release date and I can give a little bit of a you know, a little bit of a disclaimer here. This is actually a 1992 movie. The reason that I did not have it last year, frankly, is because I'm not sure that when I was doing the searching for the movies last year, I'm not sure that it came up as 92 because a couple of the websites that I use for doing the searching were looking at the U.S. release dates. So while oftentimes Mm -hmm. this is considered a 92 movie, it was released in the U.S. in 93. And as we know, I like to just kind of fudge some of the release date stuff so I can do it in whatever year I want to do it. Right. So It's your show. It's my show, basically. So, yes. So this is, it did come out in 92, but it came out in the U.S. It had a wider release in the U.S. in September of 93. So rated PG. Runtime of one hour, 37 minutes, directed by Mike Newell, who's a British director. We were kind of talking before we were recording about, was this considered an Irish production? And, you know, the the director is British. You know, a lot of the actors are Irish. Seems like the distribution companies, the production companies, you know, a couple of them are British. But then Miramax, who was a big part of it, they're American. So I don't know if you, I don't know if you can refer to it technically as an Irish production, but mm-hmm. it, it's certainly the actors and the locations are very, very much Irish. So I'm totally fine with referring it to one. I don't know if anybody's got the technical definitions for how to determine that they can feel free to share those, but I'm just going to consider this an Irish movie. Yeah. Cause for all intents and purposes it is. So yeah. So Mike Newell's the director for this one. He did four weddings and a funeral and Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Writers were Jim Sheridan and David Keating. Sheridan did My Left Foot and In the Name of the Father. David Keating did Wakewood and Cherry Tree. Producers were Jonathan Cavendish and Tim Palmer. Tim Palmer did Patrick's Day and The Last of the High Kings. Cavendish did Bridget Jones' Diary and The Ritual. Composer was Patrick Doyle. He did Sense and Sensibility and Thor. Cinematographer was Newton Thomas Sigal. He did Bohemian Rhapsody and Indian Summer, which actually we're going to be doing very, very soon. Actually, later, nice. later this month. So his name will come up again there. Editor was Peter Boyle, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and Quills. Production company was Miramax. Budget was $7 million. Worldwide box office, $4.79 million, So it did not make back its budget. Cinema score did not have a score for this one. Flick Metrics gives it a 68%. Gabriel Byrne plays Papa Riley. He was in Miller's Crossing and The Usual Suspects. Ellen Barklin was Kathleen. She was in Sea of Love and Drop Dead Gorgeous. Kieran Fitzgerald played Ossie. He was in The Secret of Rowan Inish and The Last of the High Kings. I believe it's Ruri. I'm going to apologize and ask if any of our Irish listeners, if they want to correct me on this, but I believe the name is pronounced Ruri Conroy, played Tito. Or if you love the, if you love the little boy's Irish accent, you can pronounce it as Tito. Mm-hmm. But there's going to be a lot more vowels in there. War of the Buttons and Ballykiss Angel were a couple of things that he did. And uh, the two boys, from my understanding, I'm, I'm trying to think back to other things that I might have seen them in over the years, but apparently they've still continued to act their entire lives. So there's quite a few things that those two boys have continued to do even beyond this movie. That's great. 
That's uh, great. David Kelly, who died in 2012, played the grandfather. He was in Waking Ned Divine and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the 2005 version. Meanie played the barreler. He was in The Commitments and Star Trek Deep Space Nine as our favorite Chief O'Brien. Uh, mm-hmm. John Cavanaugh played Hart. He was in The Tudors and Vikings. And Brendan Gleeson played Inspector Bolger. He was in In Bruges and The Guard. Honestly, there is not a lot of trivia. There's not a lot of behind the scenes, not a lot of trivia for this one. I do know from, there is on YouTube, I believe somewhere, a making of video that's about a little shy of half an hour long. It's kind of fun. It's got some fun behind the scenes stuff. It's got, you know, some of the extras. There was an extra uh, who was playing a traveler at one point and had brought their, it wasn't 15 kids, but it was pretty close. Um, to the set, and so it, it seems like some of the extras may have actually been uh, travelers or may have been folks that might run in the same circles, so there was some fun stuff in there with them kind of talking about how they found out about the movie and how they ended up being a part of it. Mm-hmm. There's, there was some fun stuff about the director complaining about the weather and how it had caused the scenery to change from one day to the next and just some of the frustrations I think they were going through and Things like that. So there is some fun stuff in that making of kind of behind the scenes video that's on YouTube. If I go back and find the link for it, I'll I'll tweet it out or I'll include it in our show notes. Nice. But it was kind of a fun little. Do thing. we know anything? Do we know anything about the source material? As I know that uh, it was based on a story or a book or something. Yeah, and, I was trying to find that, and I could not find. <laughs> I, I could not find the original, like where the story came from. I, I I'm trying to see. I, I thought I had it in my notes, but you know I, I'm trying to see. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's it's kind of a covert movie. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean it, the script. It just talks about here the script was written by Jim Sheridan, and it was it was a script that he wrote five years before he directed My Left Foot. Yeah, I don't think that it was a story or book before that. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, to your point. It's 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 kind of a it's kind of a fun little surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's not too much other not too much other trivia for this one. One of the other fun things I saw was while they were making this movie, Gabriel Byrne and Ellen Barkin were married to each other at the time, so they were actual husband and wife while they were making this movie. Okay. So, and I believe they were married until the late '90s, but yeah. So otherwise, there's not a whole lot of trivia out there for this one so if anybody else knows of anything else i know we've got some listeners in ireland you know if you if you have any more information about this or if you remember seeing it when it came out would love to hear more about it but yeah we'll talk about this a little bit more later but i i know that we would have my family we would have seen this when it came out so it was we would have been living in england at the time so i would imagine that's part of the way that we found it since i know pat you said yeah, I don't remember ever, this ever being in theaters in the U.S. Or, or I don't remember ever seeing anything about it. I would imagine the way we discovered it was probably because we lived over there and we were much closer. Okay. And I'm, I'm sure that's probably how I'm sure it probably had maybe more of a release in the U.K. than it did over in the States. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. In the style of one of our favorites, Don LaFontaine, the voiceover artist. Here we go. In a world where magic hides in plain sight, Gabriel Byrne, Ellen Barkin, Karen Fitzgerald, and Rory Conroy star in Into the West, an enchanting journey of two city boys and a mystical horse, breaking boundaries in search of a land filled with dreams and freedom. 
What's his name? He's called Tier Nanook. But why is he called that? Because he came from a land under the sea. a mystery. By God, Ozzy, you must have the gift. But now, two young brothers can ride into the West. We were travelers once, Tin and Oak. We were like gypsies. Why are you talking to the horse? Why not? We have reason to believe that you are harboring a pony. Is that true? A horse. A horse. A man who was lost. Your father was a great man, you know. King of the travelers, is that what you want? And now find out who he truly is. I knew you'd be back. <laughs> oh, Mary. I need your help. Oh, oh, my God, 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 Papa, stop them! Stop them, Papa! They're heading for a place where magic still lives in the air. I've lost me, boys. What am I going to do? If they only believe it. Where's this horse leading me? Why is he bringing me back to all the old places? Oh, jeez! Is it us they're after? Sure it is. Them two boys never forgot the tricks of the travelers. How did we get into this? It's not my fault. They're headed due west. The wild west! Before we get into the major moments part of this, I know a lot of times we we comment on the trailer music. Yes. And I'm just going to comment on the trailer music because it's music straight out of the movie, and it's mm-hmm. a beautiful soundtrack. I love the the music it, in this movie. It is. And I am I am remiss. I, I, I want to look up and see more of what – is it Patrick Doyle? Yeah. I want to see – I want to say that I know that name has popped up before having done a number of different soundtracks, but yeah, I, I sure thought the movie was scored with some beautiful sounds. Yeah. Patrick Doyle's a Scottish composer. He has done, actually he did much to do about nothing. Did the music for that one. That okay. we, we just did recently. He did the animated movie brave. Okay. So that's I'm, an okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he's done, he's done quite a few. I was trying to think of other, he did rise of the planet of the apes. I'm just going down to kind of his IMDb stuff here too what else did he do he did it looks like he's worked with kenneth branagh a lot too so he did i think mcbranagh did a macbeth version mm-hmm. you know he did the music for the first thor movie yeah patrick did, doyle did yeah he okay did, he did harry potter and the goblet of fire okay yeah and then a bunch of other like bridget jones diary calendar girls secondhand lions gosford park a lot of british movies donnie brasco he was actually the composer Okay. Yeah. But okay. yeah, a lot of stuff. And actually several movies that we're going to be doing. Let's see. He did uh, he did much do about nothing. And then several movies, actually another movie or two that we're going to do. Oh, he did Carlito's Way. Okay. Several that we're going to do next year. Oh, Pat. There it is. I'm I'm going to apologize. I'm going to apologize for this one because is this. Oh, no, no. I'm th- I'm thinking of a different one. <laughs> I'm th- I was like, "Oh dear, it's one of those movies you absolutely hate." No, is the movie Dead Again? 
Oh. I, you remember that one that had Robin Williams and uh, Andy Garcia, Kenneth Branagh, Emma Thompson? It's, it was kind of like there was a murder back in the 30s or 40s, and then they've reincarnated, and they've kind of met each other again, and it's kind of a, a murder mystery where the guy had stabbed his wife. And I and we've covered this movie, or we're going to? We did. We covered this one. We did this yes. one. It's been two years. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. I remember yeah. that. That was, yeah. it was kind of a, it was a fun movie. Yeah. Well, fun. It was a creative movie. Yeah. Robin Williams was in that? Yeah, he was in that one. Oh, man. I think he, I want to say he worked in a grocery store. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah I've, I've, but no, I do remember that movie. Yeah. Yeah. But that no, that's, those are, those are some of the ones he's composed. So I, several movies we've seen and actually several movies we're going to cover. Yeah. The, no, very good. Very good soundtrack. Yeah. Very much liked it. And it definitely added an air of, you had the Celtic flavor in there, mm-hmm. but it, it added like an air of mystery. Yeah. Um, very magical. Quality. Not, magical yeah it really kind of brought that aspect of the film out yeah yeah all right so the major moments i've kind of broken this down into about 10 major moments to to walk us through the plot of this one again we always recommend that you stop if you haven't seen the movie yet go find the movie go watch it and then come on back and then listen to the rest of it here it is well worth a watch and we always recommend you you watch the movie first so you don't get spoiled but it is a great movie so you know definitely go check it out So, major moments. Major moment number one, we get introduced to the different characters. We are introduced to the two young boys, Tito and Aussie, their father, Papa Riley, who is a former, quote-unquote, king of the Irish travelers, and their storytelling grandfather. There is no mother, because as we learn a little bit later in the movie, the mother died giving birth to Aussie. And so that Mm -hmm. that is kind of a... Secret that is revealed towards the end of the movie, but yeah, and you, very, com- you commented on the, on the horse scene. scenes. Yeah, you commented on the horse scenes at the beginning of the movie too. Oh yeah, seeing the horse run up and down the beach with the music—I mean, that's just—it's cliched to say magical, yeah. but I mean it, that that boy, I could just sit and watch that all day. Well, and you kind of get a sense from the beginning of the movie here with the storytelling aspect of things. You get the the scenes with the horse at the beginning of the movie, and and it's kind of a. In fact, it's funny. I, I remember glancing at a review on, you know, I, I, I do a lot with the movie, with the website Letterboxd, and mm-hmm. I saw a review of this one after I had watched the movie again. I was reading through some of the different reviews people had left, and somebody said, well, I, I don't like this movie because I don't think this movie knows what it wants to be. It starts off, and you think that this is, like, set in, I don't know, like medieval times or something, and all of a sudden there's an airplane, and that doesn't make any sense. And I'm like... No, that makes total sense. Like that, well, the movie is trying to establish that while we might be in present day, we're going to be taking you back a little bit to a time where mm-hmm. you know a time where stories could have been true, you know, and a, and a time where maybe magic did exist, and that's why you have the surprise of the airplane flying overhead, and why I think they did a great job in the beginning of the movie, yeah. keeping you from knowing exactly what year this is when the movie started. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, I completely agree. And that scene, that scene with the airplane that the that the person referenced, definitely was like a oh, but I agree with you. I it was a positive for me. Yeah. In addition to the horse, I just want to say that as you you jumped and you said that it was revealed that their mother had died during during childbirth. I yeah. thought that was such a well done and impactful scene when they how they realize that. Yeah, I I, I just it's incredible, and I think that. The, from a technical standpoint, I think the the actors and the 
filming and the, just the, the way that scene came together was awesome. Yeah. From a storytelling aspect, it just, it just pulled at the heartstrings. I mean, it was, it was a very, in a subtle, in a way that you can watch with families in a family friendly way. Yeah. It was a very emotionally charged scene. So I'm, I'm going to interrupt the, the major moments for a second because that kind of ties in with something I read and I, and I'm forgetting exactly the way he said it, but when Roger Ebert reviewed this movie, he was talking a little bit about how you might be, you might be tricked at the beginning of this movie or, or, or walking into this movie thinking that it's a children's movie, mm-hmm. but that I think his line in his review is, this is too gritty to be a children's movie because there are some very heavy adult themes that are going on. So yes, while children are the main characters, and the movie's rated PG, and, and I I wouldn't have any reservations showing it to my kids, even if they were younger than they are now. It's not, it, it has the feel of something that's not a children's movie. So that's why I think this could be a movie that works for all ages, because I think it's one that is simple enough that mm-hmm. it could be a children's movie, but it's also complex enough that you can be, a teenager, you can be an adult, you can be middle-aged, you can be older, and you're still going to enjoy this movie. So I think this is one of those yes. movies that does a nice job of balancing the, it's it's a movie about these children, but we're not going to shy away from showing the kind of world they live in. Yes. And why they want to embrace the magic of this horse and whatever this horse is leading them to, you know, because of how rough the rest of their world is. Yes. Yeah, we're we're not gonna we're not gonna sugarcoat it. Major moment number two is the arrival of the white horse. So the boy's grandfather is being followed around by a mystical white horse, which we find out is named Tir Nanog, and follows from the sea to their Dublin Tower Block residence. Kind of sparking joy and and kind of a just a sense of a almost dreamlike nature in the boys. You know, we have a we have a funny scene when we first see the boys. Their dad, Papa Riley, is taking them to some folks that are, you know, I think we get the sense that they are either also travelers or, or have been or could have been travelers in the past living in a trailer outside of Dublin. And he's taking his boys there to kind of help them get some additional government funding by claiming that they have more children than they actually have. And so mm-hmm. he's trying to, trying to coach the boys on what their names are. And what if, what if they don't think my real name is Murphy? Well, Murphy's the most popular name in all of Ireland. Don't worry about it. And I, I did look it up, and technically it is, or at least was. That's right. So. What's your given name, son? Mr. Mr. <laughs> yeah. What or do you mean, Christian what, name he asked for. What do you mean you have roughly 14, roughly 15 kids? You don't know? I don't. I don't. The wife keeps track of that. Yeah. So I thought that was a, a, a funny scene to kind of establish the characters and kind of establish what this world is like. And, and establishing kind of a, there is a bit of a joking nature about that scene, and it could be it could be seen as being, you know, comedic, but this is not a comedy movie. It's not going to, mm-hmm. you know, things are not going to get slapsticky. Things are not going to get goofy. But I think just enough, just a, a little bit of a, a whimsical humor to it. They are able to, eventually they take the horse and they keep the horse in their apartment and that does not go over well. No, but it's so fun. It's yeah. just, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting. No, John, no. I'm interrupting the major moments. Listening audience, I'm sorry. But it's just, it, it just works so, it just works so well. Yeah. 
And I love that whole scene where they're trying to, the, the authorities show up and they're trying to take the horse and the horse mm-hmm. is like kicking around and it kicks through the wall. And then all of a sudden the police come in and the police kick in the door of the next door apartment. And they're like, no, 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 wrong apartment next door. Oh, sorry. And yeah. They- <laughs> yeah. And the scene when they're out in the hall, it was so fun yeah. because they were like pointing and they were all kind of standing there like, okay, well, which one are we going into? I think it's here. I think it's here, yeah. you know? Yeah. And yeah, that's, it's very good. Yeah. So the horse is taken away after the, the boys are able to calm the horse down. The horse is taken away and the horse is actually stolen and is kind of sold into the racing world. There is this corrupt, I think he's, I don't know if they say he's a millionaire or not, but kind of a, a corrupt businessman who also races horses. And he basically has taken the horse and is, is claiming that this is his horse and he has bred this horse at his stables and so the adventure kind of begins for the boys where they see Tiernanog on TV. And so they decide, well, they're going to go rescue their horse. Mm-hmm. And so they do. They, they go to the show. They rescue the horse. They run away with it. They're captured on TV. Their father is arrested and kind of beaten up a little bit by the police. And then he does, he is shown on a TV screen that those are his boys, that they've stolen the horse. And you can kind of see he does... He does kind of smile a little bit in that scene, so he's he's not entirely upset with the boys. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a, a little little bit of pride there. Yes. So, and they do force him, even though he is unable to unable to read and write, or or says that he is. They do force him to sign a document that says that he is willing to sell the horse. So they want to make it look like it's legal, but you know there are there is some review of that later on, and they mm-hmm. realize that that was done under duress it don't count when they grab your hand and make you sign the x exactly exactly so so the you know papa riley and his he goes back to kind of the other travelers meets up with kathleen who is played by ellen barkin gets tries to get a couple people to go with him so that they can track the boys and find them you know they have the the boys themselves have been finding shelter they basically been following the traditional traveler methods that they didn't really necessarily even grow up with you know they're they're hitching a ride on the train they're finding ways to camp out they're finding ways to hide and so they are uh they're they're somehow able to do these things even though they were not really raised in that way and it seems Mm -hmm. we, we get the sense that papa riley left this life after his wife had died that maybe he tried it for a little bit but you know after she had died it was pretty much nope i am i i blame this life for her death so I'm out of here and I'm taking my boys with me. So they, the horse actually kind of takes them to their mother's grave. And that is kind of around that scene is where Ossie learns that his mother had died during childbirth, you know, and he's, they talk several times throughout the movie about how much they remember about their mother and, you know, who looks like the mother and, and just trying to, he never really knew her. So he's just trying to get an idea of what his mother was like. And then they drop that bombshell that, wait a minute, why is her, why is the oh, last date I on know. here my birthday? Like that is it. And you could just yeah. see the little boy trying to make sense of that. And then, yeah. And then, yeah. Why, why did she die on my birthday? Or why is that? Her? And then it was, did she ever hold me or see me? Right. Yeah. Did she did ever see me? That's what he says. Yeah. And, oh my gosh. Yeah. And then we kind of, we're getting down to the very end here. We've got the beach escape with the authorities closing in the boys along with, they could have kind of met up with Papa Riley now, Kathleen and the barrel maker are there. You know, your favorite part when Kalamini showed up mm-hmm. that they, they flee to the beach 
And then Tirnanog gallops into the sea with Ossie on its back. And the worry is, is that the little boy will drown because he's kind of thrown off the horse once it ends up in the water. And we have some scenes where as he's going down into the water, he imagines that his mother is there and that she is pulling him back up from the depths of the ocean. And this is kind of where we get a sense of what the horse was all along, right? That's where the magic really kind of comes into the to this movie. And it's it's so cool how they do that because it's like, okay, am I supposed to be seeing what I'm really seeing? Or am I, is this a, you know, it, what's going on here? I, I think it really is effective with how they do that because they're not hit over the head with the magic throughout, right? It's just like all of a sudden, wow, is this really happening? Kind of a deal. Yeah, yeah. And, and then that kind of, in hindsight, you look back at the other parts of the movie where he's had this relationship with this horse and he seems to have a connection to the horse that nobody else does. And with the understanding that potentially this horse is the spirit of his mother, you know, as, as you kind of get that sense that, well, then that explains. That explains why the horse was caring for them, why had a special relationship with Ossie in particular, why the horse was bringing them back to all these places, bringing them back to the mother's grave so that he could learn how and when she died, bringing them back to the traveler way of life because it was a mistake for Papa Riley to take them away from that. And then because of what the horse does, everyone has the opportunity to heal. You know, Papa Riley is able to, Ossie, they, they pulled him out of the ocean. They give him CPR. He is saved. And at the end of the movie, the police superintendent calls off the hunt for the boys. Papa Riley burns the wagon that they had lived in, the barrel wagon that they had lived mm-hmm. in, kind of finally putting his wife's memory to rest. And, you know, they kind of, we, we end the movie with everyone having kind of reconciled the demons of their past or, you know, everybody's kind of come to a, a better understanding of things and it has restored them back to this traveler way of life, which is while it's, Maybe somebody who lives in the city would look at that and say, well, that's no way to live, but this is, it's, it's a different way to live. And it's the way the movie presents it is it's not better or worse than if you're living Mm -hmm. in the city, it is how these people live and, and they love it. And it's, it's, it works perfectly for them. And what they, and what they had in the city wasn't like the gold coast of Chicago, right? I mean, it was like, it was, they were, they were struggling. Right. The the very incredible scene, too, of when they're burning the wagon and the horse is there watching. Yes. Yeah. You know, and yeah. Yeah. All right. Wow. Pat, we've, we've, stuff. we've already shared some deep thoughts, but let's, uh, let's share some more deep let's thoughts. Let's go deeper. Yeah. And now, deep thoughts. I have an opinion on this matter. Don't mince words, Bones. What do you really think? I like it a lot. Wow, it's, it's very deep. Thank you. We won't we won't go quite as deep as Aussie did in the last part of the movie. Mm. But so, I silly question because I think we've already kind of gotten to this. Do you like this movie? I do. I yeah. loved it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is I. I remember, like I said, I remember watching this as a kid, and just it, it's one of those. Well, there's a few times you watch a movie as a kid, and then when you try to watch it again as an adult, you're like, oh yeah, I remember enjoying this as a kid, but. Eh, I've grown up, you know, watching it again, there was no, there was no growing up for this one. I mean, mm-hmm. it was still, it was still very much a, 
wow, no, I, I remember loving this as a kid and it, it's still awesome as an adult. Yeah. I really, really enjoy this movie. And so, yeah, I, I, I wished I had had a little bit more time. I will go back and watch it with the rest of the family, but I kind of wish I had more time to watch it with the family this time. Sure. But yeah, no, I, I really, really enjoy this movie. And it will be, I'm going to give a little bit of a, a spoiler for one of my answers to the three questions. This may be a favorite, maybe the favorite Irish movie from the 80s and 90s. Oh, cool. So Very cool. I, I got a couple of other contenders, I, and I've, I've got a few more minutes until we get to that point to make my decisions. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a great movie. I was very taken with it. It's going to be a fun movie to watch with the whole family. I love the horses. I love how they write that story in with the, with the, with the kid's mom. And I love the adventure. I love the chases on the horse. Yeah. I love the horse. It just, the, the whole, the whole deal is pretty, is pretty cool. Yeah. And from a technical standpoint, all the stunts and everything they're doing with the horses that they're having to do in one way, shape or form. Cause it's not like CGI'd in, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not railing against CGI and, and all that kind of stuff in any means. And I know we were talking about, again, before the podcast, we were talking about different people or different views that you have on, well, should we use CGI? Should we not? And mm-hmm. how much of it? And it's like, okay, well, if you're going to see a movie about magicians and magic wielders and sorcerers and all this kind of stuff, well, you're going to, you're going to need to bring that to life in some way, shape or form. Yeah. But when you're seeing movies about like real people and real things, it's cool when, man, it's got some, you, you want to see a horse galloping through the streets, jumping over things. Well, you're going to need someone up on that horse galloping through the street, jumping over things, you know, and, and that's, that's just very exciting to see on screen. Yeah. Yeah. And this movie gives me what, what works for me in this movie is that it gives me the same vibes as a few other movies that I've seen that I really, that I also really, really enjoy. Have you ever seen the movie Millions? It's a British movie. I don't believe that I have. Okay. It, it really reminds me, directed by Danny Boyle, it really reminds me a lot of just kind of the story is different, but it reminds me of, of how I feel watching this movie, how I feel watching mm-hmm. it in the West. It was, came out in 2004, and it was right around the time when England was switching from the pound to the euro. Mm-hmm. And so the the idea is, you know, it's these these two boys and their father have moved to a new place. The mother has passed away. I don't remember exactly why. I think it was might have been cancer or something like that. And mm-hmm. you know, the the boy is old enough to remember his mother, so it's a little bit different in that way. But they've moved to this new place. They don't have any friends yet. It's a new school. And while he's out playing, he's he's taken this like cardboard box, and I think he kind of turned it into like a little house and he was kind of playing inside the cardboard boxes. Well, so while he's playing out there, a bag of money, because, you know, some of the pounds are being transported to other places so that they can be turned in and, and switched over for euros, a bag of money gets thrown from the train and mm-hmm. crashes into his cardboard house. And so he now has a ridiculous amount of money in this duffel bag that he then kind of shows his brother and the little boy is, is very obsessed with like Catholic saints 
And mm-hmm. so he believes that he should use his brother wants to buy stereo systems and TVs and but he believes that he should use this to do nice things. And so he's doing like real small scale stuff. He's buying birds from pet stores and setting them free. Mm-hmm. He's, he's taking homeless people to restaurants and buying them meals. Um, oh, cool. You know, uh, the other side of that is his brother is bribing other kids at school into becoming his own personal set of bodyguards. Okay. You know, so, but it's a fun little story. It's the two brothers and they're trying to keep all of this hidden from the adults so that they can continue doing what they're doing. And, okay. and some of it is, it, it's got, it's got a similar kind of vibe to, it doesn't have horses, but it's got a similar vibe to this movie. And, and it kind of reminds me of that one a lot. So yeah, I, and I really enjoy that one too. But I, one of the things I told you before we started recording was I had read a review of this movie and I really liked the way somebody just very simply stated it, that this movie, Into the West, is as if you were watching a Miyazaki movie that had been done in live action. Because mm-hmm. it kind of has that, it's got that kind of, some of it is set, a reminder of like My Neighbor Totoro. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's kind of like it's set in the real world, but there is some magic to it. And it's, there's a lot of, well, there's a lot about family and there's a lot about relationships and a lot of the same things that you get from Miyazaki's animated movies. This one, if if you had to say, what would a Miyazaki movie look like if you had actual people in it? I would say this one could be a contender for one that that could really fit that description. Yeah. Similar vibes. Yeah. I'm using the word vibes a lot tonight, but similar vibes to to like the Miyazaki movies. Yeah. Well, I think I think this movie trades a lot on that, on the vibes, yeah. on the feel. Yeah. You know, it's 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 the the feelings that this movie shows and demonstrates are kind of what really help. Wait, I I, I just don't know if I'm just saying words and not saying anything with those words, but the, the feels you get from this movie is really what helps sell the story. Yeah. Right the sense of adventure, the sense of loss, the sense of we need to get out of here, the sense of longing for their mother. I mean, all of those things are just, just brought, brought out so well yeah. with the, with the show. Yeah. Yeah. There's another one. And I'll, I'll mention this one when we get to one of our three questions, there was another movie that I remember watching, not quite as much. We didn't watch it quite as much as we did into the West, but there's another movie that actually came out and I think I'm going to set this up for us to possibly do this one next year. It is from 1994, and it is it is an Irish movie that is a kind. Of, it's considered like a fantasy adventure film. It's called The Secret of Roan Inish. Okay, have you seen that one at all? I have not seen it. No. Okay. All right. From what I remember, and again, it's it's been 26, 27 years since I've probably seen this one too is I, I feel like it's got a very similar kind of sense of a little bit of a little bit of fantasy, a little bit of magic built in, but it's also got, you know, the the world is still the real world and trying to okay. bring some of that magic into into the real world. And but it deals with family relationships. It deals with family health issues. I, I think the I think the main character's mother passes away. It's set in the 1940s, from what I recall, or sometime around then. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's got, it's very, when I think of Into the West, I think of it kind of alongside 
this movie because they both came out almost right next to each other, and they both have that kind of magical. They're both Irish, and they both have that kind of magical feel to them. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you're on an Irish movie kick, go check that one out too. But I imagine we'll probably, I imagine we'll probably do that one next year, right? Because that's another cool. One. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Let's see. I, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I mean, you could just keep gushing about this movie because of how much I enjoy it. Yeah. Is, was there anything else you want to say about this one? Not really, John. I mean, yeah. it's just it's just a very well acted and emotion full of emotion, beautiful story. Yeah. You know, for all ages, it really is an all ages movie. Yeah. I I don't know if the movie poster does this one any favors. That might be the only thing I don't like about it. Okay, I gotta go back and look at the poster. I yeah, honestly don't recall. It's <laughs> it's it's kind of when you look at the. Either, either movie poster or you know the cover to this one different ones i've seen some the the text is almost kind of like a stylized makes it makes it look like a western mm-hmm. and then it's just the two boys and they're riding on the white horse that is bursting through a wanted poster okay or they have one where it's the two boys riding on the horse and it looks like they're being chased by a helicopter and okay. so it, it, it actually, it, it kind of reminds me of the poster of Last Action Hero. Okay. And when I see that, I look at that and I go, ugh, that poster does not, I, I don't get the same feels from that poster as I do from actually watching the movie. And, and right. I feel like that movie cover does a disservice to what this movie really is. Right. And, you know, that whole, they, the kids did like the Western type stuff. Right. Right. And they were talking about the American West, but that was kind of not a main driving force of the movie. Right. And the helicopter chase of the horse was an aspect of the movie. Right. But it wasn't, it wasn't like the iconic scene. It wasn't, what was that? North by Northwest where the plane comes in and he jumps Uh out of the way. It wasn't like a, that kind of a thing where you're left with, Oh my gosh. Like when I think of this movie, I think of that helicopter on, you know, so yeah, that that's interesting. I wonder what post it would be interesting to see all the different posters. Cause sometimes there's multiple posters, right. You know, and depending on which area of the world that they release it in, the posters will change. You know, that jog, the memory, it was fun when they went to the theater. Yes. <laughs> and they're feeding the horse the popcorn and they're scarfing on the popcorn and all yes. that. And it was interesting when you picked up what movie they were watching. Right. Especially because that was the that was the back to the future that was the western. Right. Right? Right. So I thought that was kind of uh I thought that was kind of cute. And I thought it was and, funny that And very clear. Well, go ahead cuz you might you might be about to say what I was going to say. What they showed of the movie? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like you, no, no actors. Right. So they didn't have to pay whatever I'm assuming it was like, okay, you got to just show the DeLorean racing down the thing to go back in time or, or, you know, the part where he goes back in time and all the native Americans are riding up on their horses and, yeah. or whatnot, but you never actually see Michael J. Fox or Chris Lloyd or any of those folks. And even though a line from the movie is said from Marty McFly, you don't actually hear Michael J. Fox. Cause that is definitely not his voice. Yeah, I, you know what? And I didn't pick up on that. I'll have yeah. to go back and listen. There's there's the part where he yells, Indians! Yes, but no, you're right. Is, you're exactly very clearly not Michael J. Fox. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, I, I, short of the movie poster, I mean, there are some other movie posters for this one. One one is a, it's like a silhouette. You see the horse with the two boys on the back. You just kind of see the silhouette of the boys riding the horse. And there's like a, it's it's very kind of orange and yellow tinted. And it's like mountains with clouds in the background. And I like that one to me, that, that says more about the movie than a white horse with two kids on the back crashing through a wanted poster. Right. So, or a helicopter right. chase or, or whatever the case might be. Okay. So that's, and that's jog in favor quotes. Now those kids yeah. were like way too funny when they were riding. Cause in a way it is almost like an old West kind of chase. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like you got, it's kind of like, it's almost like the butch and Sundance thing. Yeah. But I absolutely love when they're sitting there and the other, the other troop of horses comes coming down the hill. He's like, look, it's the cavalry. That's <laughs> not the cavalry. That's a posse or that's the posse. Yeah. Oh, and then they got to run. I'm just like, how cool is that? You know, that's a cavalry. Nope. That's a posse. We got to get out of here. Yeah. Let's, let's split. You know I mean? That was, that was pretty fun. And there were a couple of instances like that where they do kind of the wordplay. Yeah. Well, and I love just, just a few little, yeah, a few little moments in the movie and they have that whole little story where, you know, the grandpa's always telling stories and I, I did enjoy that one moment where he's like, Aussie is like, what did, what did the princess look like? And he's kind of getting like almost tired of telling the story. He's like, close your eyes. See a beautiful woman? Yeah? Okay, well, that's her. That's the beautiful princess. Like, quit asking questions. I'm telling the story here. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. That's awesome. No, fun movie. Fun movie. All right. Pat, are you, are you ready for, in my worst Irish accent, are you ready for tree questions? <laughs> Yes, I am, John. Yes, okay. I am. All right. I'm sorry, Podrick. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response, were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right. I, actually, there was one other thing I wanted to reiterate before we got to the three questions. I'll just say it now. You said it earlier in the episode, Pat, and I just wanted to repeat it for anybody who is, has not seen this movie yet and maybe wants to go find it, but they're not sure if they want to watch it. You had asked the question, you're going to movies now. There's some great movies that are out now, but a lot of times we go to movies and we kind of ask, okay, so that's great, but is anybody ever going to do anything new or going to do anything different? Like where's the, you said it, where's the unique content? Mm -hmm. This, like this, this movie and movies like this, there's your unique content. Yeah. In the so, words of Jean-Luc Picard, there it sits. Yes. Yes, number one. All right, question number one. What is your favorite movie where horses feature prominently? Uh, I will speak up for Dennis real quick. He he did join us on the call before we started recording. He hadn't seen this movie yet, so you know he left before we started. But his answers for this one were Seabiscuit and the animated movie Spirit. Those are both awesome movies. Those are both... Awesome, awesome movies. Love them both. Love them both. What do you got, John? What are you going to say? 
you know, I was I was going kind of back and forth on this one. I really enjoy all the different horse scenes in the two towers. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy the whole the whole army of Rohan. Mm-hmm. You know, that is that is one of my favorite. That's my favorite of the Lord of the Rings movies. The other one I wanted to mention is just for the impact. And I have actually referenced this movie several times in the last couple of weeks. I And you referenced it earlier in our recording tonight. The movie that features a horse that had the biggest impact on me mm-hmm. is got to be the never ending story. Mm-hmm. Um, there you go. I, I am going to mention when we do, so here's a little plug for our Patreon episodes. We've got an upcoming Patreon episode, I, I believe it's for this month, that is the movie Crawl. And I don't know, have you ever seen mm-hmm. the movie Crawl? Once a long time ago. Once a long time ago. Okay. So I'm going to make a statement when we do that recording, and I'm going to say there are there are a set of movies from when I was a little kid that I watched, and I watched several times each, and they had very impactful death scenes for me. Like as a kid, I, I could tell something was different about this because of how the death of a character affected me. And mm-hmm. I, I will say one of those is Darth Vader dying at the end of return of the Jedi. Another of mm-hmm. those is, and I, and I'm not, I'm not treating any of this lightly lightly. I'm actually, as a kid, these really affected me. Darth Vader, Optimus prime, the spoiler alert, the Cyclops in the movie Krull mm-hmm. and Artax in the Neverending Story. So that would be that would be one of my reasons for including Neverending Story. Got it. Got it. Great choices. Yeah. What was yours? You know, I have to go with like the first movie horse movie I saw. I think it's a beautiful story. The scenes hang uh, hold up. They're exciting. It's just so cool is the black stallion oh yeah that just an amazing movie and i mean it's it's exciting and scary and sad and dramatic and i mean it's it's just got all the feels and just some great sequences with the with a with the horse and him riding it i i really think the black stallion's got to be at the top of the list yeah it it it's just an awesome movie, an awesome movie. Yeah. The honorable mentions, everything you guys mentioned, I'd throw Secretariat in there. Mm-hmm. I think that thing's, yeah. I think that movie's pretty amazing. I still have yet to see War Horse. I really want to see that one because I've heard nothing but good things about okay. that. Yeah, I haven't seen that one either. You know, Indiana Jones always seems to, there's some really good horse chase yeah. chases in, in, in his movies, you know, whether it's the desert chase in Return of the Jet, or, oh my gosh, in Raiders of the Lost Ark, mm-hmm. or whether it's the, you know, the tank versus horse in Last Crusade, you know, those are always, that's always a, just a wonderful treat. And obviously where horses figure prominently, I mean, just so much, so much of the Westerns that we watch, yeah. that horses are just a part of it, right? Have you seen the movie Hidalgo? Yes. That was yes. another one I was going to mention. That okay. one's a, that one's a fun movie too. Yeah. That one's a very fun movie too, and so that's good. You know the uh, not, what pick, was the not one picking about... uh, not picking the Godfather for obvious reasons. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the, what am I thinking of? Oh, the one in in recent memory or in more set more recently was it tells the story, and I, I think in some ways fictionalized. Well, no, I, boy, let me, let's strike that last statement. I don't know how much was 
or wasn't, but it tells the story of the the Army Special Forces unit that went to fight in Afghanistan like days after September 11th, mm-hmm. and they ended up serving with what became known as the Northern Alliance. But yeah, they they rode into battle on horses, right? I mean, oh, yeah. and I don't know if you've ever seen that movie or if you heard much about it or saw it or no. or whatnot. But yeah, that was one of the things is is Army Special Forces, their job, my understanding, is their job is to go in and they fight with people that live in countries. So they, you know, basically adapt and work with those forces that are there already. And in the part of Afghanistan, they were fighting like soldiers still fought from horseback. So, so these guys go in there. And I mean, this was, like I said, days after September 11th. And it was like, well, this is how we do it. And they, that's how they fought. That's how they fought in Af- at the beginning of the war in Afghanistan. Is these guys were fighting from horseback, and it's it's you know it's a, it's an interesting movie, and I know that there's many books written about it, and it's that was a fun one. That was a fun one as well. Yeah. Fun. I, I don't know. I got to be careful how I use the word fun when you're talking about a war picture like that. I, I mean, that's oh, yeah, yeah. fun. Isn't the right word? That's it's a compelling movie as well. But yeah, man, good choice with with Lord of the Rings Part Two. That was that was cool. That was really cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in an honorable mention just because it's a cartoon and not even a mm-hmm. like a real horse. I'm gonna go with the cartoon Brave Star as an honorable mention because oh, of his, of course. his uh, deputy. Brave. 30, yep, his deputy thirty thirty was his name. Oh yeah, yeah, deputy thirty thirty. Like that is so cool. <laughs> that name. Yep. Yeah. So horses figure prominently there. I mean, and, and I mean, it's, it's, I know we're just talking movies and we haven't even gotten into shows like Yellowstone or, oh, yeah. or Longmire or any of that kind of stuff. But yeah. you know, that's great in there. I'm kicking myself cause I'm totally forgetting. Oh, I know the horse whisperer. Oh, that yeah. was yeah. a, and that, that movie was so iconic that like started a whole a whole list of, you know, whisperers, right? Right. This guy's the band whisperer. This yep. guy's the dog whisperer. This guy, and, and I, I want to say that that movie kind of started that phrase into the popular, mm-hmm. the, the lexicon of popular terms. But uh, no, Horse Whisperer is really, really good. Yeah. I mean, Robert Redford, so enough said there, but uh, that was great. Yeah, you guys mentioned Spirit. That movie's awesome. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I've got a clear number one and it's Black Stallion and I, I could watch that movie yeah. every day, every day of the week and twice on Sunday. That movie is just a pretty special story. Yeah. Yeah. And number two, what is your favorite movie theater concession item? Okay, John, like, so I'm sorry. We got to back up because my gosh, what did we not mention? Like Lord of the Rings, there's that awesome horse sequence in the first Lord of the Rings fellowship where Arwen is trying to get across the river. Oh yeah. You yeah. know? That scene is awesome. And then all the Nazgul ride around in those scary horses. Yeah. Man, that'll put starch in your collar. I'll tell you that when you watch those scenes. Yeah, yeah man. There's a lot of good horses out there. A lot, there. Of good stuff. a lot of good horse movies out there. Okay, I'm sorry. We got to no, keep the ball rolling. You're good. Favorite movie theater concession item? I'm I'm old school, man. you got to go with the, like, that of popcorn. The bathtub yeah. of popcorn that you got to, like, crawl into and then eat your way out of. Yes. Uh, if I had if I had the Jeopardy Daily Double, I'd be playing it right now. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's it. I mean, unless we're I mean we're we're kind of avoiding the whole Alamo Draft House effect, where I could like 
talk about like a full catered meal coming yeah, to my spot. Even then, like if I had to choose, I'm I'm going with the giant vat of butter popcorn. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the the popcorn is so good. And I'll tell you what I used to love is too is adding on some like kind of lemony sweet kind of le- How about I just say lemon <laughs> lemonade? Some sweet lemony beverage. Lemonade is okay. I always love like that country time lemonade. Yeah. Here's the problem though, like I usually dehydrate myself pretty good before going to cuz I don't want to miss it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And have to get up and go to the bathroom. So I, I kind of cut that practice many, many years ago. But yeah. just in the interest of not having to do the Texas two-step as I'm sure. trying to like sit there waiting to go to the bathroom and all that. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the popcorn. I'll tell you too, you said you said movie theater, right? Or did you say movie? I mean, I said movie theater, but I'll, you know. Okay. It's, if this is my courtroom, I'll allow it. Okay. I was going to say like if I'm going to like a drive-in. Yeah. Then I would say anything like, like, like an order of fries for okay. some reason, like that, just old school, getting an order of fries that yeah. kind of drive in okay. All right. a little bit of, like we said, Americana kind of thing. For yeah. some reason that always hits the spot there. Okay. All right. All right. And then question number three, what is your favorite Irish movie from the eighties and nineties? Are you, you alluded to this earlier. Are you going with this one? I think I'm going to go with this one. I, I think, it. you know, I, I the, com- the commitments is also on my list. Yeah. Commitments um, is so good. It's so good. And then my other problem is there's so many other ones that I liked, but they're, they're not in the eighties and nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm going to go with this one. I'm going to go, I'm going to say runner up, very close runner up would be the commitments. Okay. And I, it's just been, yeah. it's been so long since I've seen it. I remember that one I was talking about earlier, the secret of Ronin ish. I remember mm-hmm. it being a really good, even as a kid, like I thought it was a really good movie. But I just I have not seen it recently, and I don't remember enough of it to vote for that one right now. But so I'll I'll vote for this one for right now. It's so good, it's so good. This is this has definitely got to be up there on the list. Commitments might be my number one. Okay. Um, commitments right. might be my number one. I got to talk through it. Far and away, I really like Far and Away. Mm-hmm. Okay, really like Far and Away. I love that story. I love the ins and outs of that. Some of the comedies, 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 some of the comedies out there, Waking Ned Divine is oh, yeah. just sublime. I that, mean, I love it. That's that is that that might be later though. Is well, that 90s? Is it? I I thought it was 90s, is John. It? Okay, can, it might be. Well, help me out, John. Do you have the Google there? You're right. It's late 90s. Oh, okay. Yeah, 80s. So uh, I was hoping 98. 98. And then I and then I want to also say it's the boys and girl from County Clare. But I don't know. That might not be 90s either. Or that might be 2000s as well. That's 2003. Oh, geez. Yeah. See, here's the problem when 2003 is like 20 years ago. I know. Right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Isn't that funny? Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's, that's a humbling. That's a fortifying I, I blame, realization. I blame time for being stupid. Well, and it's funny when I like say, well, that's as far back as if I'm looking at it like, well, when I was Dominic's age, what was 20 years before? Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, man, that stuff seemed like ancient. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's just like, oh, wow, 20 years ago now. Hmm. Okay. Well, so so bringing it all back, I'm, I'm freewheeling here. Waking Ned Divine, far and away, and the commitments have to be my favorite Irish movie from the 80s and 90s. But this one might be there too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're just, they're just so good. Yeah. 
Which is so good. There's a band around called Free Beer. Yeah. Always draws a big crowd. Now, now I want to go back and watch the commitments again. Yeah, I know. Isn't it good? Yeah. Say it once and say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. That's right. That's right. That's right. The guy doing the sound check, like yep. beating the microphone on his head. God, that's funny. Yep. That's funny. All ah. right. Well, that is going to do it for this one. As we said, if you if you've not checked this movie out, we highly recommend you go check this one out. It is a great one. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of really good stuff that's coming up for the rest of this month. We are we're about halfway. It's weird to think we're about halfway through August right now. Boy. And this being our family and relationships month. So last week we did my life. Into the West was this week. We've got The Good Son is next week. We've got Indian Summer coming up after that, and then finishing it off with Adam's Family Values. If you are on Patreon with us, and the any support over there gets you access to the bonus content, we have got the Patreon for the movie Krull from 1983. I think we're going to have a special guest joining us for that one, so super excited about that. And then our Patreon shorts for this month are Super Mario Brothers from 93, and Night of the Sharks from 1988. And then in September is our Month of Secrets. And in the Month of Secrets, we have Rising Sun, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. We have Mrs. Doubtfire and Schindler's List. I'm excited. I have never seen Schindler's List. Really? I've really. Wow. Well, and and so here's my... uh, Wait, you, you got through high school in the 90s without seeing Schindler's List? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I got through high school in the nineties without okay. seeing Schindler's List. And wow. I, I remember when it came out. And I remember I doing I mean, obviously studying of the Holocaust and, yeah. and all of that was a prevalent part of the education, the history education. But then I kind of I remember hearing about the movie. Yeah. But then never we never saw it. And then every time it was like the opportunity to see that movie, it was always just like Going into college, it was kind of like, hey, what are we doing this Friday night? Let's watch a movie. Well, Schindler's List was maybe not the one to go, like, hang out and have a great night on a Friday night. And Do you know what I'm saying? Schindler, and it, and Schindler was not high on your list. Well, yeah, there yeah. you go. And, and, and it should have been like, uh, hey, what, I really need to see this movie at some point. And then it's funny. It just kind of kept going, and I never had the opportunity to do it. And then when we started this podcast, it, I kind of held off just so I could have the, hey, the first time I watch this movie is for the pod. Yeah. So I've been kind of holding on like the last six years, my excuse or my reason, whatever way you want to look at it was like, man, I want to wait until we can do it with the pod. So huh. okay. yeah, that'll be a first time for first time for Pat. Well, you'll get a, you, you'll get two different ends of the spectrum because when we do crawl as our Patreon mm-hmm. for August, that is a very, very early Liam Neeson that shows up in that one. Right. And then 10 years later, you got him in Schindler's List that we'll be doing in September. So, Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, our other Patreons for the month of September, if you're over there and getting the bonus content, I'm, I'm always excited for doing one of these. Our full-length Patreon for the month of September will be, because it's hitting its 40th anniversary, Return of the Jedi. Oh. So... I don't know if we can narrow that down to like a three and a half hour episode, maybe three and a half hours, three and a half hours a night. It's going to be a seven parter. I know. I know. I'm going to have to start editing things down now, even before we've recorded. And then the Patreon shorts for September will be Scarface from 1983 and somewhere tomorrow from 1983. So those will be our, 
Patreon episodes that are coming up. There it is. So all kinds of good stuff. Patrick, as always, thank you for being here with me. Thank you, John. This this movie was a gem, and it was really just a fun, special, unique, exciting movie. And I'm glad we got a chance to talk about it tonight. Yeah, yeah. And Ireland and horses and Calamini. Yeah, <laughs> that's all you need, man. That is all you need. All right, everybody, be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies, and we will see you back here next time. <laughs>